Welcome to the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast, special wildfire updates, and hopefully the final wildfire update, because we have good news. Boundary Waters is reopening for most access. There's an asterisk there, Matthew, that we're going to talk about at length during this update today, but most of the Boundary Waters is, is opening on Saturday, September 4th. Which is fantastic news, my friend. I was a little taken aback Wednesday night. I was waiting. Even I would use the word pacing around Wednesday, waiting to find out what was going to happen. I knew something was in the works just based on communication with the Forest Service. They started to reference something is coming. News is coming about the closure. People started to talk more and more online, comment threads and so forth. I'm flying in from Denver. I've got a permit for Saturday. Can somebody tell me if I should be coming or not? Outfitters speculating. Nobody seeming to know. And then, about 7.30, Wednesday night, Boundary Waters is reopening. Talk about, I mean, a fairly last-minute decision, considering today's Thursday. Uh, But I think for many people, this is uh, not just a huge relief, but also throws us into a huge... Hustle to figure out, oh, am I going to pull off that trip? Can I pull off that trip? It, you know, that sort of opens everything up anew. That's the talking point today. Also from the outfitters, from Ely, some of the bigger outfitters, they're going, okay, now we need to get ready with fully outfitted trips, food packed. A lot of that's, you know, done on a very coordinated, timely, scheduled out basis. They're jumping back into the mix today in a huge way. I'm sure today and tomorrow on Friday are going to be all hands on deck, 100 miles an hour, getting ready for this weekend as people are coming to the Boundary Waters Labor Day weekend. Exactly. It's interesting because I think a lot of the typical trips probably would have even been starting today, maybe tomorrow, you know, make the most of this extended weekend. But there are folks like myself who had a permit booked uh, starting Saturday that will hopefully still be able to pull off their trip. So this is a complicated thing, Joe, that to understand what is open and what is closed, we need a little bit of perspective on that. We do. Fortunately, at WTIP, the radio station where we produce the podcast, we had a visit from the Tofty District Ranger Thursday morning. Came by, it was a live interview over the airwaves at WTIP sharing specifics about the decision-making process that went into why they felt the Forest Service it was okay to reopen most of the Boundary Waters, largely due to the rains from last weekend. I was thinking to myself driving in this morning, that rain falling was literally the sound of, for the outfitters, money falling on the lake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's that's what that did. It's uh, these... Canoes were all on the racks, as we saw last week when we were up the trail. I was talking with uh, a friend of mine that owns an outfitter uh, along the North Shore, uh, servicing quite a bit of the Boundary Waters, and the level of total defeat in his voice was quite profound. And, you know, recounting to me the, you know, the prediction that the wilderness probably won't reopen and that the the season is pretty much lost. And that was before the announcement as we were sort of discussing what could come. So I'm hoping there's a little more bounce in his step today. 
Right. And when I talk about the rain falling and my visual of money hitting mm. the water, like in the forest, even more importantly, Make that's a very, rain. yeah, that's a very, you know, not a very heartwarming sentiment. Uh, obviously. <laughs> I like it. Actually. Yeah. I mean, it's a, but it's a reality too. The outfitters are a lot of our, our friends in the paddling community. And so there's that side of it. There's also the health of the forest and the fires and where that fits in. But, you know, fire is a good thing in many cases. Wildfire for the boreal forest, the, the boundary waters that we have. Uh, so not to say that the rain is bad in that sense of forest health. It's it's very good. There's a drought. The water level, as we saw at Poplar last weekend, is so low. All the moisture we can get, great. That's a more kind of naturalist sentiment, uh, economics aside. There's also... The people you were talking about, the uncertainty of, can I even do this trip? It's September. It's a gorgeous time to be in the Boundary Waters. One of the best. People are going to be able to do that, including you and me. Yeah, I mean, like... Let's that's not a neglect good... present company. Right. <laughs> we, we've got our own ambitions to get in and do some fall paddling. Looks like we'll be able to do that again. What we haven't talked about yet is the fact that not all of the Boundary Waters is reopening this weekend on Saturday, September 4th. There's a significant and quite popular area that will remain closed this weekend. Say maybe even you could break down into two two areas. Uh although they're all connected. Right. Some very popular entry points that sort of it seems like the they encase sort of the current fires is what it appears, Joe. Right. The the John Eck fire is the bigger one in the wilderness that continues to burn south of the Gunflint Trail near Little Saginaw Lake. There's the Welp fire near Sawbill that you know very well. And then there's the lingering impact of the Greenwood fire, which is the largest wildfire in the state near Isabella. So there's some closure that extends north from that fire as well. Encompasses into this area that you're talking about, this geographic location, which I got the details from in the update with the Tofty District Ranger. Her name's Ellen Bogardis-Shemanyak. She's the one who stopped by WTIP and shared this update. I think we should just... uh air some of that interview, Matthew, it clarifies this closure area that we're talking about. Boundary Waters will be open, um, and that's starting on Saturday. And um, then we redrew our closure area for the John Eck and Whelp fires and kept the area closure that is on that on the Gunflint Trail from um, County Road 92, the old Gunflint Trail on the east side, mm-hmm. and where it's... Uh, uh, comes together with the uh, new Gunflint Trail and everything to the west of that. We came up with that, um, spent a long period of time yesterday um, talking as a forest, where can, in the Boundary Waters, where can we uh, shut down portages to keep people dumping into like Little Sag, up into regular Sag, Seagull, because we need to have that area closed off in case, in case the fires start moving to the north and east, which is this time of year. They'll go northeast or southeast. That's how our um, winds go in the uh, fall. So anyways, um, there's on social media, you have the maps. You can get on our website and find the maps. Um, We have them. The wilderness rangers are out there marking right now, posting portages and stuff like that. So we do want to have people please pay attention to those closures. We mean it. We need to have people out. Right. I've never once wanted to work in TV ever, but uh, for the purposes of (laughs) not having maps in front of us, uh, it is 
a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. to describe this area that remains closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, tell me if this seems like an accurate uh, description. From the area west of Poplar Lake, uh, Skipper Skipper Lake Entry Point, I believe, is even closed as of uh, this reopening process. That's so correct, yeah. From uh, west of Poplar to Seagull Sag at the end of the Gunflint mm-hmm. down to... The Lady Chain, which is Alton, west of mm-hmm. Sawbill. Yes. So that area, again, without the uh, assistance of a map, uh, hopefully our listeners are able to visualize that or can reference these maps that right. you're talking about, Ellen. But right. th- that would be generally this area that remains closed. Right. And uh, significantly to the west of Seagull and Sag. Um, and I'm I'm having a senior moment here with the one lake <laughs> that, they, um, um, that we're going to be cutting off. But it's uh, west of... Um, we're having to do that because there's so many travel routes that you can come in from the Quishway Ranger District and just come right up to the um, the border, and we're trying to keep people off of that. Now, it's not just the entry points to Seagull and Sag mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this area that we're talking about, the Lady Chain west of Sawbill, that is closed. Not just the entry point. You couldn't come up from Knife uh, to get into no. Sag, for example, or access these lakes through another entry point that that whole area is closed it's closed yeah so that's you'll see um if you can get into um social media and the website you'll see the whole area closure so it's not just entry points that are closed it's the area so we looked at the area first and then we went and said okay what entry points feed into that area so we close those entry points we do have them listed on the closure the the um the legal speak closure you go to the second page and it has in normal speech (laughs) what's closed Mm -hmm. so that um i think that might be helpful um and uh down at sawbill it that that entry point is open sawbill is open but you just you have to go to the east you can't head out to the lady chain um will this change soon i don't know we're waiting for the the rain but the nice thing is with these area closures um, because the rest of the Boundary Waters is open, we can, as a, a fire team, figure out, um, is it time to shrink this area closure? Can we take it off? So, we're, again, we'll be looking at that every day to make sure, is this the right closure in the right space at the right time? That's part of my conversation, Matthew, with the Tofty District Ranger. It was recorded September 2nd live on WTIP that morning on a morning news program. Uh, we could find that full interview We'll drop a link on the podcast thread to listen to the whole thing. About 17 minutes, a, a lot of great material. So appreciative of her stopping by because Ellen was coming from Tofty, the ranger station, driving up the Gunflint Trail where she planned to spend the entire day coordinating with Mike Keyport, the emergency management director for Cook County, Cook County Sheriff Pat Eliason, to say, okay, here's what's going to happen this weekend. We've just opened up a lot of the wilderness there are people who are going to probably be going to some of the outfitters at the end of the Gunflint Trail, Tuscarora, Seagull Outfitters, Voyager Canoe Outfitters, and they're not going to be able to access those entry points, but they may be rebooking to go elsewhere if they find another permit, but they have a canoe rented from these places. They're going to be going back and forth. There's going to be a lot of traffic, potentially. There's also a lot of firefighters and vehicles. You and I saw that last weekend. National Park Service, firefighters, helicopters, planes, people doing fire suppression on John Eck fire. It's, it's potentially going to be a very busy scene up the upper Gunflint where last weekend there was hardly anybody. 
So that's what Ellen's going to do all day today, Thursday and Friday, to engage with highway department, other places, um, to get ready for this weekend. It's basically a, a preparation for a massive shift in what has been, as you called, you know, named really eloquently, it was, I mean, pretty much dead uh, from a human travel perspective. And now I think anticipating that to turn to a big blast. A little more local news for you. The Cook County Highway Department also planning some repaving on a section of the Gunflint Trail. Today on Thursday, you might go to single lane traffic. Uh, not sure exactly how long that's going to take, but be aware of that if you're headed up to that area of the Gunflint as well. Yeah, right near the guard station. Right. You know, I mean, another big takeaway from my conversation is shifting away from our base of operations here in Grand Marais and looking elsewhere. The, the Boundary Water is a massive area, of course. Uh, our friends in Ely. These Quetico fires have impacted their summer in a much different way than they have on the east side of the wilderness. They've been closed for since mid-July, a lot of that, and that crooked and Iron Lake area over on the northwest section of the wilderness. That's all opening on Saturday for the first time in a, in a while. Mm-hmm. Big news. That's why when I referenced some of the Ely Outfitters alluding to, oh my goodness, we're about to get go from zero to 100 in, in 48 matter, hours. Yeah. In a matter of two days, which is, you know, I was just emailing with one outfitter in Ely, and it was a matter of, okay, so, yeah, I'm sitting here, from the perspective of this outfit outfitting owner, I'm sitting here trying to figure out what we're going to do. And there's, time is ticking to make those plans. It uh, It is. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I think, you know, another, I just want to name another perspective that's sort of been floating around, which is, you know, the Forest Service has had to make so many tough choices in what has been an unprecedented and very difficult time for everyone connected to the wilderness. And I, I will admit, Joe, I've heard criticism of the Forest Service and the decisions that they have made. And I think that anybody who is uh, going out of their way to criticize the Forest Service handling of this please go back and listen to these interviews that you've been doing uh, with Ellen, especially. I mean, it really, it's easy to criticize decisions made when you're removed from them, but when you have to listen to and hear the complexity and the amount of emotion and thought, as we've reported on before, the amount of incredible hours of hard work that these leaders have been putting into trying to manage this effectively, I think it becomes really impossible from a human standpoint to criticize the hard work that they've been doing to take care of us all. As a very fair point uh, to showcase, and certainly we've heard a lot of those types of sentiments, reasons why the closure went into effect in the first place from John Eck, to Greenwood, to Canadian fires, all of that sandwiched into one week where a decision had to be made in one way or another. Ellen really talked about that very eloquently today in that update on Thursday, saying that what was going to happen is they were going to close all but just little pockets of the Boundary Waters because the John Eck made that big run, the Welp fire was burning, was already closed in the northwest section of the wilderness. 
like all that would have been left is, you know, John Lake and Pine and, you know, Poplar Lake <laughs> or south of there and Duncan mm-hmm. in those areas. But it would have been really hard to try to say, okay, 80% of the wilderness is closed. Everyone can go in this small little area. You know, when you factor that in, it seems a little more understandable, I think, for the for those who were frustrated or did not didn't grasp the situation. Yeah, I I hope so. And I think the key component there is, you know, some empathy and understanding as to what it's like to be in charge and have to make hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so the greatest part about having these interviews is that we get to understand and get a glimpse into what that decision-making is like and and to remember that we are all in this together. That includes the outfitters, that includes the paddlers, that includes the Forest Service, all the management folks, even the highway departments, mm-hmm. um, from Ely to Grand Marais. Um, and we're hopefully coming to the end. Highway department again, when you're coming up Highway 61, if you go to Ely on Highway 1, that's been closed for weeks at this point, and as of today on Thursday, it's still closed. So you need to be aware of that if you're trying to get to Ely for a canoe trip this weekend. Highway 1, coming up from 61, is still closed. That may, that may change in the next 12, 24, 48 hours, but be aware of that if you're headed up there. Right, and there are some some detours that you can get around and still kind of get through, uh, but it's going to add a lot of time, so plan ahead. Right, exactly. Uh, so here we are. I mean, what a journey we've been on from that first update of the closure, the the heat, the smoky skies, the ash falling the night that you came and we recorded from the writer's cabin. And it's just a week ago, last Wednesday, a Feel- week and a day. It's unreal how long ago that feels at this point. It does. And, and we were just up the Gunflint uh, on the shores of Poplar not even a week ago. You know, so there's been so much change. There's probably still going to be more change coming. We'll keep you informed, uh, as you know, through the podcast. But definitely just follow the WTIP website as well. I'm sure hopefully some people are getting a little more familiar with that through who are podcast listeners, that there's a lot of news and information about Cook County, Lake County, St. Louis County, Northeastern Minnesota, including the Boundary Waters and Superior National Forest on WTIP.org. One last big point of thanks. Uh, We've continued to hear from our listeners, uh, from you all expressing gratitude for this special wildfire coverage and even just, you know, sharing little moments of bliss in your world just to cheer, bring some cheer into the scene. We've got some uh, cool wildlife photos from some listeners and just those words of encouragement. Thanks. And please continue to do that. Even now that the wilderness is opening, it's your stories that keep us fired up. Right. BWCA podcast at gmail.com. We'll keep you informed. And uh, Boundary Waters reopening on Saturday. Uh-huh.